movies. I'm talking about absolutely love them. Everything from Back to the Future to Terminator, Edge of Tomorrow. Have you guys seen Looper? I mean, that's, I feel like one of those underrated favorite time travel films of mine. See, these time travel movies, they give us a glimpse of what could be. In most of these movies, the time traveler, our protagonist, is faced with a challenge. How do I convince people that I'm from the future? And once I do, how do I persuade them to help me change that future? You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, when Marty McFly needs to convince his parents to fall in love so he can ensure his birth, like we're all on board because his future depends on his parents' choices. My name is Johan Kalilian, and, and as an executive coach and speaker, I time travel with people. I help people create their future from their future. I love future-based language. I mean, one of the principles I share with my clients is this. Future-based language transforms the way the world occurs to us. In other words, the way you speak about tomorrow shifts the way you look at the world today. It also shifts how you interact with that world. You see, people who speak pessimistically about the future expect things to never change or even get worse. Have you ever been around that type of person? I mean, it's, it's exhausting. Their cynicism leads to criticism. It leads to judgment and apathy. Their bleak image of tomorrow, it leads to half-hearted participation in today. People who speak hopefully, however, People who see a new and brighter future, see, they see the hope in our context, but they don't just see the hope. They proactively create the world they see in their mind. They engage our current world from the future and create it today. Many of us have heard that that beautiful speech. I mean, we all love to, to quote it. I have a dream, right? Those four simple words reverberate through many of our hearts souls, and minds. And do you guys know why? I mean, have you ever stopped to to think and consider, like, why do we love this speech so much? See, I want to propose that it's because we were given a glimpse by a time traveler, a person who, who could see and visualize a picture of a better world. And then he invited us in to partake in that world where little boys and little girls would not be judged by the color of their skin by the content of their character. And that message was given to us by a king from the future. And we're still working to turn that beautiful, picturesque dream into a reality. Can you imagine if the time traveler, Dr. King, never painted that picture? What would our world look like right now? What if we didn't have this invitation into the future? Because I truly believe that he was functioning from the future with love. If 2020 was a time travel movie, it would be full of twists and turns. It would be the type of film that overwhelms viewers really quickly. And, you know, we'd open on our protagonist. That protagonist would be you. In the beginning of 2020, I mean, think about it. Where were you? What were you doing? What were you up to? What were your New Year's resolutions? I mean, did you want to lose 20 pounds? Did you want to become an entrepreneur? Did you want to finally write that book that you've been talking about for so long? If you're like me, you were saying 2020, this is going to be the best year yet. And the first act would be January and February. You know, you start working towards your dream. Things are going well. 
And then the antagonist of the film shows up to crush those dreams, right? March 2020, COVID entered the scene and America, along with much of the world, was shut down. If someone had traveled from the future to warn us, I mean, do you think we would have listened? Like if Marty McFly came back holding a picture of what our lives would look like right now and right here and told us, hey, here's what we need to do to make some drastic changes to avoid this future. Would you have listened? Do you think the rest of the world would have listened? I mean, think about it. What could we have avoided if we'd known? The pessimists listening to this will say, well, nothing. America's dumb and this couldn't have been avoided. But, but I don't know, maybe you're like me because I'm a person who's, who's full of hope, right? Like that's just the kind of person that I am. And I, and I don't see things that way. I, I look at some of the things that have transpired and the way that the world has banded together beautifully during this pandemic. And it has shown me that we can come together to achieve a common vision. I've seen firsthand what we're capable of as a global community. For the first time in my life, the whole world was united against an invisible enemy. Most of us did the most heroic thing we could do for one another. We, we, we just stayed home. We hunkered down and we stayed home because I'm not going to call out people who were complaining about staying home, even though we know you're out there, <clears throat> Ellen, <clears throat> or the people who find every reason to not wear masks. I mean, we're, we're always going to have folks like that. And I don't want to focus on them. They're, they're outliers. They're not the exception, right? They're, they're not the norm because what I've seen overwhelmingly is people who choose to sacrifice people who choose to give, people who choose to show up and actually create the future that they want to experience in this life. And COVID isn't the only villain in this time traveler film. The next villain surfaced. I mean, that's the financial crisis, right? 40 million people lost their jobs in a matter of weeks. We entered the highest level of unemployment since the Great Depression. Yet we choose and all of us chose to fight. See, I've seen people give generously from the little that they have, because they know that no matter how bad it gets, someone has it worse. Besides, I mean, you know, we, we all got a big meaty check for like $1,200, right? And that, we know it saved the day. Those of us that are in America, that's all we needed. We don't have to worry about money ever again, right? I mean, if, if it wasn't bad enough when we're talking about the financial crisis or COVID, then there were murder hornets. Then the government told us UFOs are real. Then we got word of a parallel universe where time moves backwards. And then to add fuel to the fire, Kanye said he's running for president. I mean, like, what the f***? And I want to be real with y'all because I'm a person of faith. I'm out here like, God, why are you playing games with us, right? I started, like, moving through the scriptures and, you know, opened up my Bible. I started reading Revelations, looking for the part where the murder hornets and aliens show up. You guys know what I'm talking about? Because you cannot script this stuff. It felt like a bad time traveler comic book movie, you know, that couldn't decide on what villain to put in the film to battle the superheroes. So they just, you know what, just said, hey, just let's just throw them all in there. And if that wasn't bad enough, Right? If it wasn't enough, if you thought we were through, well, you thought wrong. Because the villain who refuses to die, because the villain who refuses to die decided to make an appearance. And we all witnessed an unarmed black man, George Floyd, have the breath snatched from his body as a police officer knelt on his neck, not for one minute, not for two or three or four or five minutes. No, 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 no. He knelt on his neck for eight minutes and 46 
seconds. He did this while his partners made a perimeter. He, he did this while people watched. And this officer heard George Floyd cry out for breath. He heard him cry out for his mother. And he did it all calmly with his hands in his pockets. And the vicious villain of racism that we've seen and known for so long, that we all know never left, was always here. This is a villain that I'm familiar with, and I'm sure that many of you who are listening are familiar with because we've felt its clutches firsthand. You see, racism accused my cousin of being in a gang after he was stabbed to death in Chicago. And the truth was, he had just been selected by the Cubs and was on his way to the major leagues. You see, racism burned down my grandfather's store because he was a Puerto Rican. And there were people who wanted him to go back to where he came from. You see, racism calls my father a hardworking, blue-collared family man, a terrorist, simply because he was born in Iran. And I can go on and on, but you get the point. Because right now, our world is engulfed with all these villains, all these enemies, and it's in need of time travelers who can come back and really pinpoint for us, give us insight into how to change things, how to create a better tomorrow. From the Future with Love is a source of hope, and it's a guide for people who are actively creating a better tomorrow. See, this isn't for people who want insights only. I mean, there's many of us that just want that information download. We just want to know more. This, this show, this podcast is for the people who want to turn those insights into actual action. It's for the people who have the heart for the work, but who may not know what next steps to take. For the people who actually know something has to change, but don't quite know how to change it. It's for the people who want to turn the pains of our present into the poetry of our future. From the future with love is a letter. It's a letter full of compassion. It's a letter full of love and insight and action points all directed, all geared towards those people who know that we need to create something better, that tomorrow can be full of something that's bigger and bolder and brighter, and we cannot create it without love. Salam is the word used in Morocco to say hello. It translates to peace. My father's name is Jamal Khalilian. He was born in Iran, as I mentioned earlier. And when I was growing up, people would make fun of him. I mean, he, he caught a lot of ridicule. And uh, it broke my heart to witness. I mean, I remember one of the things that people would call him was Iron Sheik, who was a WWF wrestler. And he kind of dressed up in this fake Arabic attire and not a very liked person. And I remember even people in uh, my mom's side of the family would call him Iron Sheik or, you know, they would ask him, hey, did you, did you ride in on a camel today to come to the party that we're at? I remember this one specific moment. Um, I don't even remember how old I was. But I remember looking at the name on my dad's work shirt when he came home from work. And it was odd because as I looked at it, it said Jim, J-I-M. And my father's name is Jamal, J-A-M-A-L. And I was, I was so confused. I said, Dad, why, why isn't your real name on your shirt? And I remember he just lowered his head and, and said, Jim is easier. You know, when I was little, he, he made sure I said I was Persian and not Iranian. 
He said I could take the H out of Khalilian to make it Khalilian. My first name was supposed to be Jahan, J-A-H-A-N. It's a Persian name that means the universe. And my parents changed it to Johan, J-O-H-A-N. My mom, who uh, I've mentioned earlier is from Puerto Rico, said people wouldn't be able to pronounce it. And my father agreed. You know, they wanted to protect me. They wanted to protect me from a world that would hate me because of my origin story. They wanted to protect me from people who would make fun of me. Like they made fun of my father because of my name and my foreign features. They wanted to protect me from a society that would look down on me for being different. You know, one of those people. Someone from a a terrorist country. And I remember walking through the streets of Morocco when I visited last February, just hearing people say, Salam, you know, greeting one another, looking into each other's eyes, saying, Salam, Salam, peace, peace. And as that reverberated in my mind, and as I was creating this show, right, I, I just started to really sink into the idea that that's the future I see us experiencing. See, that's the message I am bringing from the future with love. It's a, it's a majestic picture of what our world would look like if we walk the streets exchanging blessings and peace instead of fearing for our lives. It's the message I sent my father, Jamal Khalilian, today. I just simply text him. Salam, Baba. Peace. Father, because that's what I want for our world. And that's why I'd like to come back to the present day, your present day right now, this world, where it feels like there are more problems than we can handle. I mean, we're battling a pandemic, a financial crisis, right? We're battling civil unrest, murder hornets, UFOs, a parallel universe, and Kanye West presidential campaign. I mean, the list of problems seem to be endless. So what in the world do we do? Where do we start? How do we fix things? Is there any hope? I mean, what does our future even look like? How do we create Salam from the future with love? It begins with an invitation into that future. It begins where we see a world that is disease-free a place where human beings all have access to money and resources and aren't in financial turmoil. You know, a society where equality isn't just an idea, but it's it's a value that's held true by each and every one of us. It's a world full of salam for everyone. And let's be real, if we can create that world, I mean, the murder hornets and the UFOs and the parallel universe, that's going to be small potatoes. Oh, and yeah, you know, Kanye, do us, bro, just please do us all a favor and, and don't run for president. I mean, Unless you're trying to give us free sneakers. I mean, you know, I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead, so then I may reconsider. Okay, uh, you, you guys are right. I mean, I joke like that. Kanye, don't even do it, bro. I'm from the future, and believe me, it's not what the world needs. Our world needs us. It needs people like you and I who are listening to do what we can with what we have. And I've told you a little bit about my father. You know, he married an amazing Puerto Rican woman, my mom, Mary. So I'm a, I'm a Puerto Rican, Persian. Yes, I'm a, I'm a Persian Rican and I'm fairly light skinned. And I always get, well, you know, what are you comment? Or you could be anything. Or worst of all, you're so exotic. I mean, recently in a conversation with someone who knows my ethnic background, they said, so, so wait, are, are you a person of color? 
too. Like, how do you define yourself? And at that moment, I thought of my father's work name tag embroidered on his shirt. Dad, why does it say Jim? And him saying, it's just easier that way. And he was right. It is easier that way. It's easier to blend in. It's easier to hide who we are. But the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that safe, comfortable place where we want to remain in, it doesn't make the future a better place for our grandchildren. It doesn't change things. And that's why Salam must exist right here. Right now. Because I want to live in a world where my kids are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I believe the dream that Dr. King invited us into hasn't fully actualized yet. It is a future worth sacrificing for. It is a future that I'm visiting you from. One that will bring about Salam for each and every one of us. I wanted to create this show because I really believe in my heart and my soul that if we have good news from the future, that if a time traveler were to come here today right now and give us this, this love letter, this, this idea, this, this picture from what tomorrow could look like, that those of us that struggle with what our current reality looks like would actually show up with a newfound passion and sense of purpose to create that beautiful picture of our future. Because the recipient for this message is, is people like you and me. Today, right here, right now in this moment. And I, and I firmly believe that every single image of that beautiful future can become a reality. You see, in this first season, I want to focus on a future that's free from cancel culture and anxiety and depression and police brutality and poverty, systemic racism, homelessness, labels, prisons, and even shame. Because I started to imagine, like, what if I was from the future, the year 2050, and all of these monsters that plague us, they've been vanquished. And, and, and what if I was here to recruit you to make sure that that future that I'm from will come to pass? And what if, and from the future with love, we all had this opportunity. We all had this invitation in our hand as time travelers like me to jump in with us and experience and create this beautiful, beautiful picture of tomorrow. Yet we're not just going to have insights on this show. There will be action points because I want to ensure that we create and we live into this future that both you and I dream of because this is not just another podcast. This is a way to push the world forward. This is a way for us to take action. This is our love letter from the future with love. We did it. We got our first episode in the books, and I'm really excited about what we're going to create this season. On the next episode of From the Future with Love, we'll be talking about a future with no police. We'll speak with a special guest who traveled through time, Lamika Castillo, about how this current wave of activism and protest is crucial to building the world of tomorrow and why we're on the verge of making it a reality. From the Future with Love was written and performed by yours truly, Johan Kalilian, produced by Rithu Jagannath and Matthew Jones. Fact-checked by Rithu Jagannath. Editing, mix, and tech production by Hammond Chamberlain. All photography is by Jess Kaler. 
and graphic design by Ivan Lizarde. And a very special thanks to Jamal and Mary for being dope parents. I love you so, so much. And to everybody listening, thank you. And I'll see you in the future.